Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. All right, welcome in everybody to a live edition of the State of the Nation podcast. We are obviously here to discuss the Raiders release of Derek Carr. I'm Jimmy Durkin, got the whole crew here together, Vic Tay for Tashawn Reed, Ted Wynn. The news coming down on Tuesday that we had expected for a couple of days, uh, really we knew uh, Super Bowl Sunday morning that Derek Carr was not going to get traded and that, uh, as we'd known for a while, if they hadn't been able to find a, a way to make a trade for him, they were going to release him and that is what happened here on Tuesday. Uh, they'll save, but over 29 million in salary cap space. They don't get a draft pick back for him. And I know for a lot of people, that's it's going to bother them. Um, Vic, you kind of laid out on Monday why uh, why that didn't really bother you. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, they kind of took a shot. They had, um, you know, coming off a playoff win, a playoff appearance, you have a you know, new regime, you get the quarterback. They can't really make a move then. They wanted to give him a shot. They looked at the film. They thought um, they could work with Derek and they could have uh, – a good year with him. They got Devontae Adams, the kind of the old friendship, the old buddies from college. So it was all systems go, and it didn't work out. They gave themselves an out in the contract in exchange for the no-trade clause, and, and that's where we are. So I, I think it um, worked out okay. I think it's a fresh start for Derek, a fresh start for the Raiders, and a little exciting, I think, for Raider fans at, at this point. A lot of people are kind of making a big deal of not getting nothing for Derek Carr. You know, they don't get a comp pick. Um, and obviously a trade didn't work out, but at the end of the day, they struck the contract the way they, they did it. They did so they could get out relatively easy. There's no dead cap money. I mean, we, we, we've seen what happened with, um, you know, some veteran quarterbacks like Matt Ryan, where, you know, it's impossible to move him because of this huge dead cap and the team ended up taking that huge, you know, dead cap. Um, so they, they get to move on from Derek Carr, um, scot free, relatively scot free. And um, you know, that's the way it goes. And like Vic said, you know, when you look at it in context, they genuinely tried to give this a shot. 
but they didn't like what they saw and they, they thought it was time to move in a new direction and they have the capital to do that cap wise and draft wise. Yeah, I'm kind of on the other side of the equation. Like, I, I think I feel different if, you know, Derek Carr was like a bad quarterback, but I still think he's a good quarterback, you know, down year and all. Um, like, I, I think he's too good of a quarterback to lose for nothing without it being an issue. Like, for me, I can't just like give him a free pass for that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, some people speculate, like, would, would Derek Carr have played basically on a, you know, expiring contract last season? And there's some, you know, some debate about that. But, I mean, they had traded for Devontae Adams uh, by the time he signed his extension. They'd already made some moves throughout the roster. Like, I'm, I'm just kind of – it's hard hard for me to see Derek Carr not showing up to work um, to play last season, uh, you know, even if they didn't give him this no-trade clause in his contract. And so I get why they did it, you know, it's kind of – try to avoid issues and anybody being upset or things of that nature. But, you know, they still, you know, have to own, own the blame for, for putting themselves in this situation ultimately and, and getting nothing for, you know, not just a good player, but a quarterback, uh, you know, a fringe, you know, I guess you depend on where you stand on them, a top 15 quarterback. Like that's, that's a, that's a bad loss for me. Like, obviously it's, you know, they're still in a good position, you know, because they have a bunch of cap space and a, and a bunch of draft picks to go get a replacement, but it, it's still a negative at the end of the day for me. Yeah, I mean, the way the new CBA is, I mean, it's a basically impossible to hold out. I mean, you're you're getting fined, I think, $50,000 a day if you hold out. That's why everybody does the new hold in where they show up, but they don't work out. It just as a quarterback, I, I don't know that I, I don't see Derek Carr have pulling that off. Um, so, I mean, I, I do get the, the side of like, how do you not get anything when you see bad quarter? You see Carson Wentz. <laughs> like two years in a row, be able to recoup value for his team. But I, I do think, you know, the, in the kind of the perspective that, that Vic and, and Ted mentioned, you don't get a draft pick back, but the compensation that you do get back for losing Derek Carr is the fact that you do have a clean salary cap. I mean, all those other guys, typically when they get traded, there is that large dead cap hit that they take. And we're talking 30 million, you know, 30, 30 million plus salary uh, dead cap hit. Um, the rate is it, it's 5.8 and is that, is that two free agents, three free agents? Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess that's the one way to look at it is that is their compensation. The way they worked out this deal is they they were able to secure the fact that they are going to go into this free agency period. They need a quarterback, but they have the cap space to have a lot of flexibility, whether that's working out a trade for, you know, we've talked about the Aaron Rodgers thing, you know, whether that's, you know, whatever they really want to do going into the draft free agency, they, they have all options on the table because of the fact that they're not taking a huge dead cap hit. Yeah. Like it, basically my takeaway is it could be a lot worse. That's the bright side. <laughs> like it's still not a good outcome, but it, but it could be worse. So, um, you know, they have options. Um, as, as you mentioned, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, you know, we'll see what happens with Lamar Jackson on the free agency market. You got Jimmy G out there, a few other guys that make sense. Um, the draft, um, obviously, with them picking number seven overall, there's a chance somebody could fall to them there, or you know they have the, the draft capital to move up and get somebody. So they're not stuck, you know. So it's not like a situation where they're going to have a bum at quarterback next year and there's nothing they can do about it. Like they can, there's ways they can navigate it this offseason. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I, I, know, I know there's been like some reports linking Jimmy G to the Raiders. I don't know if that's because there's actual noise or it's just because Jimmy G played for Josh McDaniels, but I can't imagine a receiver like Devontae Adams would be too happy with Jimmy G at quarterback just because he has not thrown deep. Like, he does not throw deep, and that's just not me 
saying he doesn't throw deep because it, you know, it doesn't look like he has a great arm. But if you just look at the stats, he doesn't throw deep, and a big part of Devontae Adams' game is being able to win deep and you know getting those back shoulder fades. Um, so I, I just don't think Jimmy G makes a ton of sense in this version of Josh McDaniels' offense. I know, um, you know, obviously if that happens, he's going to adjust the offense to Jimmy, but. You know, when you have a receiver like Devontae Adams, I just feel like you need a guy that is able to stretch the field a little bit. But I, I know we'll get more into quarterback options later, but um, I just thought I'd say that just because, I, you know, there's been some links to Jimmy G. I mean, Garoppolo's a downgrade. Just say what it is. He, he'd be a downgrade. I mean, yeah, he's and, – and he's a, you know, durability risk. Um, so, yeah, I, it might happen, but – I. Doesn't does not like if that's the answer to getting rid of Derek Carr. I I don't think that's that's the answer you want it to be. Yeah, but I mean it kind of depends what you do elsewhere. Like if you build up the defense and the offensive line to where you have a better team, like they they could win more than six games, you know, next season. Um, and like you know, I mean Derek Carr has been better than Jimmy G for a while, but Jimmy G has a lot, has had a lot more team success because he's you know he's had better parts around him. Like it's not because. You know, Jimmy G is, is better than Derek Carr, obviously. I don't think any of us think that. And so uh, if, if they go that route, you know, uh, I would guess they're, you know, the, the logic would be, you know, we make the defense better with the savings. We build up the offensive line. We keep, you know, the the promising offensive skill talent that we have. And, and maybe we're a better team next year, even if they make a, a downgrade at, at quarterback. You know, I can I can kind of see that logic. Um, I, I still don't think it's like an exciting replacement for Carr, but it could end up working out from a team success standpoint, which is, you know, obviously what, what matters in the long run. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'll be Jimmy G, but I think we saw last year with Stidham when he came in, just having a quarterback who has that command of the system and obviously there's a confidence that McDonald's had in Stidham. You can see some of the play calls last year. I think that would be why he may not be a downgrade from Derek Carr just because of that knowledge of the system and his history with, with Josh McDaniels. But that's why I would think it might be a possibility, but I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying... I can see where it's, it's it's something that could happen. Yeah, I, I have no faith in them building up. I, I mean, I think they better be able to in this offseason improve the defense, but like improve it enough to where you're not relying on that offense to to carry you. I just I, the good defenses in this league are built up through the draft, and the Raiders have one good defensive player that they have drafted, and like there's just there's not even. Other guys that are like solid rotation. I mean, they have one great defensive player that they drafted and then a bunch of dudes. Um, and so I, I, it, it just feels like this defense is at least three years away from being, uh, you know, from, from even having the chance to be you know, a top 15, top 10 unit, um, because that's how long it takes to, to be able to stack up those those good drafts where you where you have the, yeah. that kind of talent. Yeah, I mean, like I don't think the defense is going to be good next year. Like, definitely not. But I just mean, like, in terms of, because, like, if they sign Jimmy G, I imagine it'd be a multi-year deal. It's not going to be, like, a one-and-done, probably. So maybe, you know, their vision is two or three years, you know, build up the, the defense and build up the offensive line to where the team is better. Like, I, I think at this point it's kind of like – like, obviously they want to win next year, but I think it's pretty clear this is going to be a multi-year thing before they're ready. I mean, you can just listen to how Dave Ziegler was talking when I interviewed him at, at the Senior Bowl, like, didn't sound like they think they they're about to like go on a Super Bowl run or anything like that next year. So um, as as much as I'm sure fans are tired of hearing that shit, like it's it's more of a rebuild than it is uh, you know pushing their chips in. 
Yeah, I, I keep wanting to bring it, bring up that the the fact that historically defenses fluctuate, and uh, but then for the Raiders <laughs> it doesn't fluctuate. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only team in the league where the defense does not fluctuate. They stay bottom three no matter what. So, yeah, it's tough to have faith that they're going to put together a good defense. Um, but, I mean, just as far as quarterback plan, to me, it seems like, likely that they just stick with, you know, maybe they re-sign Stidham and draft a guy at number seven or or um, even, you know, trade trade up to get one of the bigger-name quarterbacks. But, I mean, the more I watch the guy, the more I, I, I'm good with the idea of even drafting Anthony Richardson at seven and taking that shot. All right, let's head over and uh, let's talk to some people. Uh, we're going to bring on, uh, we'll start with JJ. What's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Awesome. First off, uh, happy Valentine's Day. Did you guys get each other uh, something? Oh, man, we forgot. Nah, I hate them all. I hate them. The, the, that, the, uh, the, the Raiders fan a nice Valentine to uh, Derek Carr. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Derek Carr fan. I'm all for it. So hopefully he goes somewhere and, uh, and kills it. Um, but... Okay, I'm going to come at you guys as a uh, NFL script writer. Um, you tell me what you think. This year's first, seven, seven, uh, seventh overall, right? Seventh overall. Uh, next year's first, Darren Waller. And we'll throw in a fifth or something. We send that over to uh, Gunther Goons, and we get A-Rod. Go all in this year. Win the Super Bowl. Next year's first is uh, basically a second-round pick. And uh, it's going to be in Vegas. I mean, it has all the makings of... A perfect script. That is a hefty, hefty, hefty price for a guy that might just play a, a year coming off a down year. All in. I, I'm the biggest. Can you repeat it again. You said so. The first round pick this year, Darren first Waller. Round pick next year, Darren Waller, and, and a fifth. A fifth or some some throwaway pick that we can uh, get rid of. Don't we have uh, top five cap space that we can build through? Also, they're going to act as kind of how Tom Brady did when he went to the Bucks, and he's going to. Be recruiting between him, Max, Josh, Devontae. We start recruiting uh, some big-time players who want to come play and, and win this year. Ring chasing. Well, yeah, I think that just requires them like to think they're a lot closer than it sounds like they think they are. Like I don't think they they don't. It doesn't seem like a team where they think. I mean, Ziggler quite literally said like they're not a move or two away from contending for a Super Bowl. And if you're not going to contend for a Super Bowl, why? Why? Like, what is the point of that? Like, it'll be good. But if the defense still sucks and the offensive line is an issue, like it would just be like a first round exit or something like that, maybe second round if, if they want a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I think the mistake they made this year was that they assumed that they were a lot closer than they actually are. So, you know, I don't know if they want to go down that road again. But I do think that, you know, if you do make a move for Rodgers, I mean, I, I'm sure they're going to make a, they'll probably make an offer, but I think you have to be reasonable with that offer. I honestly think the seventh pick is too high of a price for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, oh. he, he's he he's what thirty eight, and he's contemplating retirement in a dark room right now. So you're gonna pay the seventh overall pick for a potential one year of Aaron Rodgers, where you know to a team that will take a lot for you to get into Super Bowl contention. Just getting Rodgers here doesn't put you in, in, in Super Bowl contention. You, you have to make a lot of other moves around that too, and you know that seventh pick will. Uh, would be necessary to make one of those moves. So to me, I think if an offer was made, it should be centered on next year's first round pick. And I, I wouldn't put Darren Waller in that package either. 
All right. So another disappointing year for the Raider fans. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, man. Nice shot, though. I like it. You took a shot. I respect that. I like it. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. Later. All right. Thanks, Jay. All right. We're going to go over now to uh, Naveed K. What's going on? What's going on, boys? Yeah, probably delayed because I'm calling from London. Um, oh, great. I hope, I hope you all will. Uh, yeah, just a, I guess it's a, a few thoughts. So, with the seventh overall pick, obviously our defense over the last, what, 20 years now has been absolutely dog shit. Uh, actually, can, I, <laughs> can I swear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're fucking dog shit then, if I can swear. <laughs> um, and then, I guess with that seventh overall pick, if CJ Stroud is there, uh, do they take him or do you guys have a feeling they'll, they'll probably have a stopgap like Stidham or Garoppolo and potentially draft a, a project like Anthony Richardson? Because I guess with him, sky's the limit. If we're competing with like Mahomes and and Herbert every what, twice, twice, uh, twice a year now with those guys, do you think they'll probably opt to go for a potential developmental player that has pretty much like no ceiling? Or do you think they'll go with like a safer option if a CJ Stroud is there? I think the notion of going for Aaron Rodgers, I think, is too much. We have too many holes to be able to invest too much, but like draft picks and stuff. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think you look, do your homework and do these top four guys in the draft. You pick one if it's Stroud. I mean, probably Bryce Young is probably going to be too high, I'm guessing, in this draft. You can't move up that high, but I think you move up from seven to go to four or five if you have to. And Get get a guy. Get a guy who you like the best. And if you have to, like, get a quarterback in who can play a little bit, fine. But ideally, these three guys, the top three guys in the draft, are good enough. You can plug them in. There's enough talent on this offense around these guys that can help them develop quicker. Uh, to me, that's the plan. I would not be trading picks for Aaron Rodgers. He's too old. I would rather go knock on Tom Brady's door and beg him to come back than do that. So, to me, it's a, it's a draft pick. Uh, first round quarterback is, is the answer for me. Yeah, I would be kind of nervous about just sitting at seven. Like, because you, I mean, off rip, the Texans are taking a quarterback. The Colts are going to take a quarterback at number four or if they move up. And then you have, you know, teams right behind the Raiders, the Falcons at number eight, the Panthers at number nine, uh, and, and a couple others a little bit further back, like the, the Titans at 11 or the, or the Jets at 13 that could potentially make a trade up. And so, like if, the, if the board ends up falling and they have a couple guys still available, you know, and, and it looks like it's going to be one still on the board, that's fine. But I think they're, they're going to have to at least explore potentially trading up, um, unless they just like all four guys and think either one of them, you know, I don't think they've determined that yet. You know, but obviously the combine hasn't happened yet. Um, so their, their pecking order um, still seems to be fluid at this point in terms of the rookie quarterbacks. So, um, you know, part of it is, is going to be feel and how to, how to, how the board plays out, but, with all the quarterback needy teams that, that they have in the draft this year um, that are kind of in range to maybe leap over the Raiders or, the, or they're already ahead of them, I think it'd be a little a little tricky if they just sit there at seven, especially, um, like you said, let's say they re-sign Jared Stidham. I know, I know y'all fuck with Jared Stidham now, like after, after the two games, but like I think we need to relax just a little bit, like, you know, like in terms of rolling into the season with him as a, as a full-time starter being a good option, that seems a little, a little shaky. For me. No. Uh, so, I, so, I see what you're saying about Stidham. It's not I'm not like a Stidham fanboy, but it's just like it, it's my worry that we're gonna like, like just the, the thought of Aaron Rodgers and how much we'll invest. It, it that that scares me because it's like with with McDaniel's, I have quite a lot of confidence that I feel as if he could potentially develop a guy, which we I don't think we've had for a long time. Gruden was a was a 
was Fugazi. I don't, I don't believe that guy is a quarterback guru. So I think with McDaniels, I think we may potentially be in a good position where we have someone that could develop. But again, we're Raiders, man. We've been fucking up for 20 years, no matter who's been at the helm as the owner, head coach, or GM. What is the exact definition of uh, Fugazi? Uh, I don't even know. I'm Iranian. <laughs> my, my, my parents are Iranian, so I have no idea. But I think Italians, like Italian-Americans say it for something that's bullshit or something. I don't know. Man. I, I like that. I'm, I'm going to use it in a uh, scouting report one day. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think it's from the Sopranos, but yeah, don't don't take it from an Iranian from from London. Yeah, but I think it's like an Italian American for like bullshit or something. But now I appreciate the time, guys. I uh, follow me on Twitter that Raider. But yeah, we appreciate. It. And also go check out Tishan Reed's uh, new podcast, man. Good shit. Appreciate you. Thank you. Awesome, man. All right, we are gonna head over now to Drew T. Real quick, shout out to Ted. Uh, I remember when you were Raiders analysis on Twitter before you were uh, uh, recruited by the Athletics. So I just want to give a shout out to you for being a true fan and uh, following your dreams and making it come true. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's a long time ago. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Um, So uh, my question is going to be, have the last two games and then the subsequent series of the playoffs and the Super Bowl maybe change the vision of what a Super Bowl contender is. Because it seems like heavy offenses can just overcome defenses. Scheming, Andy Reid, what he uh, what he does with his motions and everything. It doesn't it seems like it doesn't matter how good you are. The I mean the the Eagles had seventy freaking sacks and they couldn't touch Mahomes. Um, so do the Raiders just double down and say, you know what, let's maybe get some splash plays on defense, but let's build an offense that's going to score 30-plus a game? Yeah, I, I no, agree with I you. Think... I think the rules are skewed to a way that um... – a great offense will be over, over, able to overcome a great defense. And I, I didn't think that way before. I used to think, you know, a great defense will always trump a great um, offense. And I think the last year that happened was in 2015 when the, the Broncos beat the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl. I, I just don't think that's the case anymore. I just think you have a great quarterback. You have a great offensive schemer. Uh, the rules are too tough on the defense. I mean, you know, even if you get a great stop, you hit the quarterback too hard, you're getting flagged 15, they're, they're, they're getting a first down, you know, or – you know, you have the legal contact holding. There's just too much for a defense to overcome. Uh, but that being said, you know, I, I don't think you totally just ignore the defense. You know, you still have to build a great defense uh, to get to the Super Bowl, and you, you want to make it tough on the offense to have to scheme, have to think of ways to, to beat you. And, you know, I do think the Eagles' defense would have performed better if it wasn't for the field conditions, which I think was a factor in the Super Bowl. The pass rush just couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes against a, a good but not elite Chiefs offensive line. So um, I, I still think you need, you need to get pass rushers, you need to get cornerbacks and um, build a defense up. But I, I do agree with the sentiment that a great offense does trump a great defense in today's era. Yeah, I think there's limits on it. Like, because even the Chiefs, you know, they have obviously the offense is amazing, but their defense was still like league average in terms of scoring defense. And a big part of that game was they, they, outside of Jalen Hurts, they really stonewalled the Eagles' run game. And, and you know, that's being a, obviously being able to stop the run, even in this past happy, happy lead, if you're able to make a team more one-dimensional. Like, obviously, the Eagles still put up a lot of points, but 
they had to play in a way that they didn't want to. You know, the Chiefs were able to, to dictate the game in a sense from that standpoint. And so uh, I think at the very least you need, you know, a strong defensive line that can rush the passer and stop the run because that can kind of cover up if you have some issues in the secondary. Um, if, if your pass rush gets home quickly, you know, you kind of you know hide that a little bit or if you have some linebacker issues. But um, and, and also, like, speaking to the Raiders, like, your defense can't be ass, which, like, their defense is. So, like, you can't. <laughs> Yeah, just have like a terrible defense. Even if you have, even if the Chiefs had, I mean, we've seen it. You know, the Chiefs have had basically the best offense in the league, and, and then years where their defense was bad, they lost. You know, and so you can only overcome that even even if you have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, you know, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. You know, in years past, like there's limits on it for sure. So like, I think you have to be at a certain benchmark defensively before you start operating that way. And, and the Raiders just haven't reached that point, um, and they haven't been there. You know. Like 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 a last man said for like twenty years. So yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. Um, you have to have an elite offense and at least a middling defense. It seems like to even compete. All yeah, right, Drew, appreciate. It. Let's get around. Get around. You know, sixteenth to twentieth. It doesn't have to be elite if you have a an elite offense. But you know, the the Raiders haven't got close to there since twenty sixteen. That's what we've been saying every off season. Just get to middle. Just get to the middle, and they uh they can't do it. <laughs> We're going to head over to Brad A. We'll try to get on as many people as we can. Brad, what's going on? Hey, how are you guys? Good. Good. I appreciate all your writing. You guys do a great job. I wanted, to, I wanted to chat with you guys about, first off, the Aaron Rodgers thing. Um, as much as uh, we'd love to have him, we can ill afford to give up any picks for him because we're not one player away. And we can thank um, Gruden and Mayock for, for that. <laughs> with all those misses in the first round. Um, and we had a chance to get Aaron back when he was, a when he was coming out in the draft. Remember, I think it was Fabian Washington. We took before him. Yeah, I'm sure you guys recall. Yep, <laughs> um, yep. Sore subject. I understand. But anyway, <laughs> so I think we're, I was really impressed with Jarrett Stidham. I mean, 500 yards of total offense and his first start going against what was at the time, the top defense in the league. I thought he played fantastic, and uh, the following week, not as well, but he they also uh, Alex Bars was a revolving turnstile up front for uh, for Jones coming through there, so he had nowhere to go. And that, but I think he plays with a lot of heart. I mean, I, I just think he's being overlooked. What do you guys think about that? Right. I thought I it was pretty common. Really I thought he's like a he's hold, like on, a hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, like come on. But, uh, <laughs> Good, like, I like him. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Like he's good. Like he did a good backup thing. Like needed to step in for a game or two and be solid. Let's, he's not. No. He's like a real poor man's Brett Favre, man. I think he's Brett Favre. I think I'm not real, saying, real, like, real, real poor man. Oh hey, man. I'm just saying he's got some swagger to him. He has some. He's live arm. I'm, I'm not saying he's the guy, but if you're not going to get a quarterback in the first round, if you're going to get a guy second or third round, and want him to develop a little bit. I think for them for a year is fine. I think you give them a chance. I think the the fans have the offense will be uh, productive. I'd imagine it won't be bad offense. You work on the defensive guys the rest of the draft, and you get a guy you can develop over the course of a year or two. And that's my that's my plan B. Plan A for me is get a quarterback early. But plan B, I think, if you got like a guy second or third round, do that, get them back, and, and give him a year. Yeah, if they do that, they'd be in the, the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. That's what they'll be looking towards next season. If that's the Ends up being the plan. Like I just, uh, it's hard to imagine them being a serious team next next season if that's the 
with the route they're going. Well, I mean, I think if you go into next season having him like he's your week one starter and he's going to play, you know, the first half of the season as as your as your rookie gets acclimated. I'm fine with that. Um, And if he surprises you and is better than you think, give him the year, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, he's not a guy you that you sign and say, okay, like we're done here. We're, We're set. Well, first of all, there, there there is no poor man's Brett Favre because Brett Favre steals from the poor. But oh, um, <laughs> but that's a good point. Good Didn't point. Touch. Um, well done. But good. I, I would, I would say Jared Stidham played well enough for you to possibly give him or possibly see want to see more of him, you know. But it's a short sample size, and in that sample size, there was a lot of high variance type of plays that could and you know were like fifty fifty could end up good or bad. So. High variance and you know some of those high variance plays didn't hit in that Kansas City game, so I just think the sample size on Stidham was very small. But I, I do think that you know if he played well enough for you to put him in consideration for a stopgap guy, and like Jimmy s- said, you know maybe a guy who holds the uh, mantle for until a rookie is ready to play. Um, but you know I wouldn't be too encouraged to think like oh maybe this guy's a future star or anything. Yeah, there's a small sample size, obviously, you know, with his, that was his first start. But I, what I saw was someone that actually had heart and actually didn't play scared, unlike the one that we had after Christmas Eve of 20, was it 2016? And also, we can ill afford to give up picks because we need to draft well. And, and we can't really say that this new regime isn't going to draft well. I mean, I we didn't have a pick until the third round, you know, and Parham did a, a nice job. And I think he'll do an even better job at center. What do you guys think about that? I mean, like, they got to get a, they gotta get a new quarterback this offseason. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, the final solution, you know, final answer or whatever. But, like, right. you know, if they sign, let's say, you know, like, like I'd be fine with Jimmy G. Like, or somebody better than Jared Stidham that's a, that's a veteran um, out there. And, like, if you don't, if you stay at seven, for example, and all the quarterbacks you like are gone, like you shouldn't just take one just because, especially, you know, with next year projected to be a strong class um, and them having that leeway. It's not like gonna, their jobs are going to be in danger next season. So they don't have to get a long-term answer this offseason. Like, obviously, that would be ideal, um, you know, with them already paying, you know, some guys a lot of money like, like you know, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, et cetera. But, you know, uh, there is a scenario where, you know, it ends up, how the cards fall is better for them to push it to next season. But I still think you need a certain level of baseline play that, that from the position is hired instead of when you're invested, like they are in, in certain players, like they can't, they can't really like tank with this team. Like, I guess they could, like obviously they were a six win team last year, but a lot of that was injuries, I think. Um, and, I, and I think they will get somewhat better. Like the defense and offensive line with the amount of money and draft picks that they have, like you, you would, you, you, know, you would hope so in theory. Um, and so they're going to kind of be in this weird middle ground point. I think if they don't get like a, you know, a top flight name or a big name rookie this off season, but, um, you know, there's definitely a, a, a world where they push it down the line. I don't want to make it seem like they got to get a dra- guy in the draft right now, or they got to go get Aaron Rodgers, or, or it's a failure, but, um, sit him. I feel like he's just a backup, you know, like if he can step in occasionally, that's, that's fine. But if you're going into the season, but that, as your only viable starter, I think it's going to be a rough year for you, and you're going to have some some people in the building um, on the roster side that aren't too happy. 
I'd argue you can't wait a year. I'd argue like you have um, you got Max Crosby and Devontae Adams, two of the top you know thirty players in the league. Josh Jacobs, if he's back, is also in that group. So yeah, guys, you kind of wasted a year of their primes this past year. So I'm not sure they can waste another year of their primes. You need a plan, and whether you get a quarterback in the first seven picks or you get one in round two when you have to sit them, kind of you know, keeping it going until that guy's ready. You got to need a, you need a plan now that that, that kind of attacks uh, <clears throat> the rest of the league. I can't see just waiting a year and hoping to get a quarterback next year. I think you got to have a, an answer this year going forward to the rest of the team. And you, you build around these guys you have and have, have some hope to turn the corner faster rather than later. There's way too many holes on the roster and lack of depth to draft anything but best player available. Um, so I think they need to address that and draft, you know, accordingly. Like Jalen Carter – I I kind of like Joey Porter, honestly, at seven. I think he would be a cornerstone there. And then be able to use that money that we have to make key free agent signings like a Hassan Reddick or a James Bradbury or something like that, like the Eagles did last year. Chandler Jones, obviously, was it was a whiff, in my opinion. But <laughs> we have next year. Who knows? Maybe he can turn it around next year. But... They really need to take advantage of that and, and kind of follow the model that Hallie Roseman's done, <laughs> really. I think he's done yeah, a great I mean, Yeah, you've got, you've got to build it up through, through the draft pick and, and, you know, and, and those right targeted free agents. And you can't just – you're not going to make over that whole defense by going out and using all that, that cap space on free agents. It, it's got to be it's got to be built up through the draft, and that usually takes a few years. Um, so you, just, you, you hope, if you're a Raiders fan, that this year, this draft, that they get – Two two defensive starters out of this draft. Um, two guys that are that are pretty good. Um, you know, at least one guy that, that looks like a cornerstone player, and and another uh, another starter, and, and another couple of players who can contribute at least in year one. Um, I think, and we know that last year they did they traded away their best draft draft capital for Devonta Adams. But you know, the fact that guys like Samir White, Neil, um, you know, Neil Farrell, uh, Matthew Butler, those mid round picks, like. Like those weren't high draft capital, but the fact that they had like essentially no role as a rookie, I think has to be disappointing that, I mean, that, that rookie class barely played. Um, and so we really don't know what, what this, what this regime is capable of doing in the draft because uh, in year one, we didn't really see much of their guys. Especially the two defensive tackles. That was really frustrating yeah. because there wasn't any, any, wasn't a good sample size up with what they had. So yeah, that was frustrating. All right, Brad, we appreciate it, man. Of course. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Gonna head over now to Kyle P. Hey, I wanted to talk about a couple potential paths for the uh, for the Raiders next year. I'm wondering if Rodgers could maybe take a little bit of a page out of the Derek Carr book. I know he doesn't have the no trade clause, but no one's gonna trade for Rodgers um, if he doesn't want to go exactly there. No one wants that headache on their head. So everyone's saying it's gonna take all this high draft capital to get Rodgers, but. The relationship is so bad there, they're not going to keep them, no matter what. There's only about two or three teams in the AFC that kind of make sense for him to potentially win now. Uh, if he puts his foot down and says, I don't want to go there, I mean, what, they got to cut bait, right? They, it, it might end up, they have to be forced to take a bag of dicks for him or cut him for, and eat all the dead cap for nothing. No, they, there's no way in hell they're cutting their rushes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, un- well, under- understood, understood. Like but I mean, like a hundred billion dollar dead hit, they wouldn't be able to make a team. But is it possible that they don't get the the multiple first that everyone thinks they'd be looking for? Because why why wouldn't Rogers make it easier on his new team and be the diva that he's been this whole time and and uh, and and force their hand? No, I, I mean, think, it's, I think might not it, get two first for him, but. Um, I also wouldn't rule out him going back. Like I don't think Packers, do, the Packers want him back, but they're open to trading yeah. him. Yeah, so I don't think it's like fractured. Like it's not like Derek Carr and Raiders in, in, by any stretch of the imagination. I I see. And then I I was wondering, do you guys think um, a rookie quarterback, if we take a rookie at seven, or maybe even have to give up additional capital to move up, is there enough assets left to build a team? around him that would make this team competitive this year i'm thinking maybe even if it's like a anthony richardson who doesn't have it all put together yet but if the team's strong enough around him maybe you could just rely on the the super athlete that is that he is a la maybe like a, a jalen hurts type deal if the rookie clicks if you like his impact player then you kind of have the same plan he had last year you try to outscore teams i think you have a good enough offense where that's possible so i think and again these guys around him like Devontae adams and josh and and it is, the tight ends are really good. I think these guys around him can help him get better quicker. So, again, it's all on the guy you pick. If, if you, you do your homework, you find the guy you love, and you be able to make that, that jump. But, yeah, things are possible as far as upside and then getting things going quicker than, than, than later. 
Yeah, I think that the cap hit um, for a number seven overall pick is it's pretty low now, like with five, six million dollars, depending on how it's structured. Like, so you know, they would still have about let's say, you know, forty something million dollars in cap space. They could create some more cap space, and they have, as it stands, nine draft picks. They could get a couple day three comp picks, um, which will be awarded in March. So, like, yeah, if they have like the perfect offseason, like if they, you know. Get two new starters on the offensive line. Get, get impact players at all three levels of the defense. You know, through some savvy free agency signings and big hits in the draft. Like it's possible. Like you know, it's not. You can't rule it out, but it's probably not likely. Um, just because of the breadth of their needs. Like you could literally say they need a contributor at every single position on the entire defense. They need a tackle. They need at least one guard, maybe two guards. Um, you know, so that's just that's just a lot to like get everything right in one off season. Like, I guess we could say we've seen it before, but um, it doesn't doesn't happen very often. Let me sneak one more in there. Uh, all things Mac Jones is it is it possible? What would it take? Uh, I mean, McDaniel's obviously likes him, right? He took him to the the playoffs as a as a rookie, and he got to be better than Jimmy G. I'm I'm here in the Bay Area, man. Jimmy G is trash. I mean, I don't uh, see why the Patriots would trade Mac Jones. Did something come out that we missed? <laughs> I mean, I think he had a down year, but, I mean, a lot of people would have down years with Matt Patricia calling plays. Um, and the Patriots knew they made a mistake and fired Matt Patricia. So I think they realized that the OC was the problem, not Mac Jones. So I don't see a world where they do they do trade him. Gotcha. All right, thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Kyle. This is a quarterback universe. Everybody wanted, man. Everybody wanted Derek Carr going. I got Jerry. Bring Mac Jones. Mac Jones, Jimmy G. <laughs> if you if you played for the Patriots or or for uh, Josh McDaniels at one time, you can come here. Kobe Brissett. Kobe Brissett. Yep. There, there we go. go. There we go. Yeah, I'm gonna try to click on Stephen B and see uh, if that uh, creates any magic. There we go. Hi guys. Hey. Steve. Um. Um, we already had an English uh, nation fan uh, use a lot of bad language, so I love your stuff, guys. But um, a couple of questions. Um, I'm just wondering how much you think economics are a limiting factor for Raiders, um, given you know Mark Davis's economic situation. I think I'm correct in saying Raiders have never actually paid anyone a big signing bonus. You know, we're always on a pretty year-by-year deal with our players. So if we had drafted Jalen Hurts, my my scenario is that we'd be struggling to sign him to a new deal. So I'm just wondering for your thoughts on the fact that the, the economics of, you know, the Davis family own less than 50% of Raiders. I don't actually understand how the succession is going to work, you know, with Carl and tax and whatever. But I'm just interested in you guys' thoughts on the, basically the economics and especially with quarterbacks. I'm going to hit mute on Stephen just FYI because you got a lot of static coming in the background. So whenever you weren't talking, uh, there was a ton of static. So Stephen, we've got you muted for now while we uh, answer your question. Yeah, I just I, like I said, I think Vic is best to answer this overall question. But I will say that if the Raiders drafted Jalen Hurts, he wouldn't be Jalen Hurts. <laughs> man, why do you got to do that, man? Damn. I mean, you you would trust whatever has happened with the Raiders, you know, to build the uh, offense and the good team around him. I don't know, but um, that's probably a fair point. But I think the economics, I'll say this. I think I'm told every year 
I think they're getting a little more flush. I know it's been a concern in the past, the cash flow, the market not having X amount of dollars, but I think COVID sent them back in the new market in Vegas. But now that stadium is going to be always sold out. They're kind of printing money now at this point. So I think uh, from my understanding is that it'll be less of a factor in terms of um, being a hindrance going forward. I think you'll see probably larger bonuses going forward and, and more ability to get guys uh, to, to big money deals. Yeah, see, so it's not quite a bad thing when the stadium gets a lot of fans from other other teams because, you know, they're flushing the Raiders and getting these signing bonuses bigger for the future. They're flushing the Raider fans because the Raider fans bought those <laughs> at face value and then they're selling them to other people. So uh, Raider fans are at least getting hooked up with some money, the ones that, that bought those tickets. Isn't it crazy? We we are uh, talking about a billionaire talking about his financial situation. <laughs> is he? I don't know. Is he a billionaire? Uh, I don't. I don't, or I don't a, think. A very rich man. Yeah, anyway, I think he got some money. Yeah, NFL is crazy. Yeah, I mean, by the you would think I, I've always kind of figured by the end of the 2023 season, getting that Super Bowl there, this should kind of be like where he finally get, gets on, on, on you know more even ground with some of the other owners around the league. And, um, and the signing bonuses is a, is a great way to kind of keep track of, of how flush with cash he is. You know, we talked about Derek Carr. He got a seven and a half million dollar signing bonus with his extension. Uh, Max Crosby was only like 13. Uh, Devonta Adams did get 19.25. Um, you know, decent signing bonus, but I mean, you, you obviously see um, players get a lot bigger signing bonuses because that's able to, to, kind of you're able to fudge the salary cap uh the larger bonuses you're able to get so um we'll see what what happens uh when free agency starts and uh, that'll get, be a good indicator all right well steven we appreciate the question apologize there was a bunch of static on your on, on your end um when you weren't talking so uh we're gonna move on uh, we'll try to we're gonna go till about 4 30 pacific so about uh, another little over 10 minutes so we'll try to get to the the next four that are on the queue um starting with joey m i was just thinking about our defense and you know, obviously, it's like you guys said before, we can't fix it all in one year. Um, but what sort of free agents do you think that we should take a look at to at least get one or two of the guys to help um, give our uh, our defense a, a head start? And then, you know, obviously with the draft, just hammered down on defense. But I was thinking like a Jesse Bates um, or like a Deron Payne. Obviously, Deron Payne's going to be way more. But um, I don't know. I just, I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on who you guys think would be a good option. And I love those yeah, guys, Deron Payne and Jesse Bates. I think, uh, you know, obviously those are two top free agents and would be two major upgrades in um, position groups that the Raiders really need. Um, I think Draymond Jones uh, from the Broncos is another underrated free agent that I think could make a really big impact somewhere else too. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the Raiders are going to have to hit on their free agents like they haven't hit before. And it's not all, you know, all those high impact or high price free agents. It's got to be those middle tier guys that can fill out depth too, because you know, the Raiders uh, depth has, especially on the defense has been pretty poor um, for, for, for a long time now. I guess he just technically cost his team uh, a Super Bowl, but uh, maybe go try to reunite Patrick Brown with James Bradbury cornerback. He had a all pro year this year. He is 30 years old. So he's getting up there a little bit, but I think that, also may make him a little bit cheaper, um, even coming off the tip of the year that he had than maybe some of the younger cornerbacks on the market. Um, obviously, he would be a huge upgrade, um, you know, for them at that position, the, the premium position for them. That's familiar with the coaching staff and, and, and the scheme. Um, and so uh, maybe he could be a fit if they can get him at the right number. 
Yeah, it's been it's been frustrating as a fan. You know, the past few years, you know, it, it, it seems like every free agent we sign, they just come here to die for some reason. And you would just hope that we finally like hit on a couple of these, and hopefully Patrick Graham could help bring some of these guys in to you know actually want to play for us. But yeah, thank you guys. All right, thanks, Joey. Going to jump on over to Ryan S. Now, curious what you guys think McDaniel's leash looks like next year. I mean, if they go and get a rookie quarterback, right? Obviously, that buys them at least in a third year. Um, but say they don't draft Richardson, they don't draft move up and draft Stroud, or uh, hopefully don't take Levis uh, and end up with a Jimmy G. I mean, if they're a four win team next year. <laughs> What do you guys think it looks like for McDaniels' third year? I guess what has to happen. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If, you. if you draft a quarterback early on, it gives you at least two more years, maybe even three more years, because you're building the defense up. You can kind of take the long process and talk about building it the right way, yada, yada, yada. So I think that's why, if I'm him, I, I do that just because it buys me more time. But um, if you do go for the you know for the jugular and try to get Aaron Rodgers, you make a big veteran signing. Then you risk, like you said, if you have a losing year next year with a veteran quarterback who you paid good good coin to, then I think you might be in trouble. Then I think Mark Davis is like, wait a minute, I thought Derek Carr was the problem. Now I gave you whatever Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, and we're still losing. That's when I think you kind of um, make yourself the the, the, the target. So I, that's why for me it makes sense for him to draft the quarterback and develop him and use your quarterback guru skills and, and take some time with it and do it the right way. Yeah, I mean, the sense that I've gotten from people is like – they're not really, they don't feel like they're really in a position where they need to buy themselves time. I know that sounds crazy coming off a 6-11 season, but um, you know, I guess it's easy to say now, but um, it, I think it'd be, it's, it's kind of hard to see them clean the house again next season unless it's just like, just cataclysmic disaster, like, like you know, worst team in the league, like, you know, Broncos this past year or, or Jaguars the year before that, that type. It's so, it's so rare for for coaches to get fired that early in their tenure, especially when they're they're in a situation where there's been a lot of recent turnover. Um, obviously, Gruden wasn't really by choice; like they wanted to keep him, but still, it's, it's turnover nonetheless and money that they had to spend. Um, and I know we just got done talking about the cash flow, but that'd be a lot of bread that they had to come off of to let go of McDaniel's and Ziggler, and you know, in addition to hiring a new staff. And so, it, it doesn't like I, it, I wouldn't bank on it in terms of like. If you're a fan, kind of waiting on your hands for, you know, McDaniel's to get fired and start over again, like it, it seems very unlikely that that could happen next season. Yeah, I understand. That wasn't how I was coming. Uh, not sitting on my hands waiting for him to get fired. I actually, kind of on the side of needing to give a coach at least I feel like three years and a GM three years to to build a team up. Right. Um, piggybacking on that though, do you think it's there is a scenario where Ziegler stays and McDaniel's is gone, or are they packaged both gone? If one was to get fired, depends. I mean, I guess if they, if you view, if you thought the roster, if you think the roster is good enough, and they're being held back by something else, you know, this year, I guess you could say, wow, I don't really think the roster is good enough this year. Um, they, they think Derek back held them back offensively, just as an example. So, like next year, if they have a better roster, and they feel like the coach is just severely holding them back, or maybe not even next year, but year three, if that happens then maybe you see a situation where, okay, we believe that we have the right players or we have somebody that's picking personnel correctly, but our coaches isn't even done. Or if it's vice versa, like if you feel like you're high on the coaching staff, but the you know personnel department just hasn't, haven't given them what they need to succeed. And so I think if you get one of those kind of split situations like that, 
know, maybe it's possible, but like if they're just both bad, like the roster sucks and the coaching staff sucks, then you know I don't, I don't see a reason to keep one over the other. Um, so I think that's very dependent on what would happen. You know, and it's, it's kind of hard to say without seeing how it plays out. We've only had obviously one off season um, and then and then one season. So I think it still needs to need some time. Like you said, you know, probably year three is around where you start to be able to tell, you know, how are they building the team? How are, how do they perform as coaches and things of that nature? Yeah, I would add that they're a package deal until they're not. I mean, you look at uh, everyone thought, you know, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams were a package deal, and apparently they, they weren't. So I just think um, we're going to have ourselves, but at some point, you know, push comes to shove and you got to make some tough decisions. But um, so, yeah, they're definitely joined at the hip right now. But like Deshaun said, it all depends on what happens this year and next year as far as uh, developing the roster and getting wins and losses. Because um, I do think having Super Bowl here next year, they can't just, just think it up. I think Mark Davis is not going to want that to happen as far as kind of being a laughingstock of the league. Like, oh, here they are with Devontae Adams and Max Crosby and hosting Super Bowl, brand new stadium, and they still stink. So I think there is some pressure a little bit to get some results this year, at least be on the right track. Vic, are you saying at some point that a coach and a GM start pointing fingers at that was that was your draft pick, that was, that was my draft pick, and, and start uh, debating <laughs> de- debate who, who picked, who was in charge of a, a certain draft pick? Does, does that happen? I know it's hard to believe, but it can, in fact, happen. That definitely, wow. it, it, it can be a possibility. Never with the Raiders. Never happened here, right? No, it's a very, uh, <laughs> very straight up organization. No, no, no hanky panky here. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Ryan. All right. We'll try to get to a couple more here before we got to sign off. Uh, we're going to go to Joshua S. All right. So I'll, I'll meet right away. But so do you guys. You know, I want to talk about like running back a little bit with Josh Jacobs. Do you think if they franchise tag him, do you think that they're going to work to a long-term deal? And if they, you know, say they re-sign, you know, Denzel Perriman as well, what would the cap space look like? And, you know, would we have room to sign in a couple more free agents and work with the draft? You know, I feel like we're going to go defense for most of the draft outside of that seven pick. So kind of just want your thoughts on that. But I think we're running back, like, in terms of if they tag. I, I could see a scenario where they tag Jacobs and then work out an extension later just to keep him from being able to hit the market and, um, you know, drive his price up. Because um, he would probably get the non-exclusive franchise tag um, if, they, if they do tag him. That's, that's the tricky part. Is like, if, if they franchise tag him exclusively to lock him up, it'd be a $16 million cap hit, which is pretty high. Um, and if they do the non-exclusive one, um, then it kind of opens him up to being able to negotiate with, with some other teams. And so it's, it's kind of a tricky situation the way he, when he was speaking on, on Super Bowl Row this past week, um, you know, he was saying, because when I asked him about it at the Pro Bowl, he was like saying hero turned villain, so it didn't sound like he'd be too happy about it. But then he said, you know, if it's like they have a loaded roster and they just franchise tag him for a year and, and you know, he can, he can roll with that. Um, but you would just think like, you know, even financially, like it just – it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense to have a running back taking up, let's say, a ten to sixteen million dollar cap hit, depending on which franchise tag they use. Like it would just benefit them more to renegotiate, get his year one cap hit down, um, and spread it out a little bit. Especially if they are, you know, bolstering the roster in a way to where, um, you know, they're, they're kind of going for it a little bit more. Um, with Perriman, I think it's, I don't know, it feels like he his days as a Raider might be a little bit numbered. I mean, he's, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's had a lot of injury history. He's coming off a pretty significant injury this season. He didn't play as well this season as last season in a new scheme. Um, you know, and, and they kind of have opportunity to reset that position a little bit. 
Um, I think Devon Diablo is probably the only guy coming back that's going to be a part of the, the rotation that's under contract right now. And so um, I wouldn't completely rule it out, but like especially if he's looking for a, a substantial payday, it's kind of hard to see them having a reunion in, in free agency, I would say. Yeah, I mean, to me it makes sense to sign Jacobs to um, a contract to, you know, and we, we've been saying I think three three years is a sweet spot for Jacobs because, you know, you can lock him up, uh, gives him some security, and it, he, and he's able to hit the free agency market at 27, uh, still, you know, in his prime and still three years from 30, which is a, a big number for, uh, for, for running backs. And uh, with Denzel Perriman, you know, I, he, he's had some good games, but, the health factor is, is a big factor. So I just think for that reason, you don't want to pay him a huge contract. And, but I also think, you know, the health factor might deter other teams from offering him too big of a contract. So that might leave an opening for the Raiders to sign him to a relatively reasonable deal. I mean, it, I think when he's on a field, he, you definitely see the impact he has on the defense when he's on a field. The problem is he's just not on the field a lot. What kind of number would you give Jacobs three for, 45 48 50 what do you think uh what do you think he com- he commands and and how high would you be comfortable going on a on a three-year deal uh, yeah i think three for 45 somewhere in that range sounds like a pretty reasonable deal for, to me yeah i mean you could probably set up the structure so that you know the, that third year is mostly non-guaranteed that's typically how that type of deal goes and so i mean what's what we said he'll go into next season at that 24 25 or whatever so i mean you're you're committing to him for really for a, a couple years um giving him a good payday um interesting to see what happens there i mean i think the season he had you would like to see him back um he, he definitely deserves it but he deserves to make his money so if he if he can get a big deal you know a longer term a bigger money deal somewhere else um you know you, you imagine who will uh he'll go for that but uh you certainly if you're a raider fan you you, you enjoyed watching him this year all right, y'all, I think we are going to wrap it up here. We've been going for about an hour. Uh, apologize to the ones in the queue that we did not get to, but uh, we'll certainly do this again sometime in the offseason. Um, we've got the Combine coming up quickly. Uh, hopefully we will uh, we'll, we'll aim to likely try to record a podcast from uh, from Indy if we can. We'll all, uh, we will all be there in Indy and um, see what uh, see what happens the rest of this offseason. Derek Carr is now a free agent. He... Uh, you know, he can sign with any team at any point. He does not have to wait till that March 15th start of free agency. He uh, he gets a jump start on it. Um, and we'll see where the Raiders go uh, from here at quarterback. But we appreciate everybody for tuning in. And uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, again sometime down the road. Say it as a family. Thanks for tuning in. And, uh, one, 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 two, two three. Bye, bye Aaron Carr. Oh, that, was, that was terrible. Vic <laughs> didn't even participate. Vic didn't even Asshole. join in. He's speaking right now. You've known this guy for nine years, and he don't say bye. Jeez. Vic is He's still not motivated. No. No, 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 no bye, Derek Carr. It's like Mark know, Davis I, not making a statement. It's, 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 it's our equivalent of that. So there you go. I, know. I, I go back. I even I even covered Derek a little bit in college. I, uh, I, I think I, the first time I talked to him was like 2012, 2013, something like that. All right. Bye, Derek Carr. Bye, Derek Carr. I will remember. Later, guys. Bye, Derek Carr. <laughs>